0: Or have you vowed to never make a resolution again? Amen. (laughs) Amen. You know, I read a Reader's Digest story where a guy called his dad and he said, Well, Dad, what's your New Year's resolution this year? And he said, Proudly, I want to make your mama as happy as I can all year long. Well, about that time, Mom got on the phone and he said to Mom, Well, Mom, what's your resolution? And she said, I resolve that I'm going to help your dad keep his resolution all year long. (laughs) Amen. Wow. You know, whether you made a resolution or not, I got one for you today that every one of us should make. Every one of us here today ought to resolve that we are going to grow like Christ In 2019. I wonder. Have you grown this last year? Or are you at the same place you were when 2018 began? I pray today you're going to see that you need to be growing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. You see, it's good for us that Jesus didn't remain that baby in a manger. Yeah, it's good for us that God not only came to earth as an infant child, it's good that he experienced every single thing that we go through. Does that give you any comfort? Think of the things you've been through in the last year. Think of the brokenheartedness the mental challenges, the loss, the financial struggles. Think of all those things that you went through last year. Does it comfort you to know that your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ experienced all that when he was on this planet? You see, it's good for us that we can trust our Creator that not only made us, we can trust our creator who can identify with us. He knows how I'm hurting and he knows why. He's been there and he's done that. You know, the scriptures don't tell us much about Jesus's youth. But the scriptures do tell us this one thing. The scriptures tell us that Jesus grew. Say that with me. Jesus. Grew. And he grew in a great many ways. If you will turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, that's on page 906 in the Bibles in front of you. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 39. Look up at me when you found it. Score. Amen. Page 906, Luke chapter 2, verse 39. The scripture reads as follows. So when they, Joseph and Mary, had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew. The child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Verse 41, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12, 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother didn't know it you think mom and dad are a little bit ticked off at the boy? Verse 46. And so now it was after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers both listening to them and asking them questions and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And all who heard him were astonished And when they saw him, when Joseph and Mary saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Mom was mad. Amen. Look, your father and I, have you ever had that conversation with your child? Your father and I have sought after you anxiously. And he, Jesus, said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And then in verse 51, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject or obedient to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. Now, I can't speak for you, but I feel like I kind of been in a time warp. Amen. Think about this. Just 17 years ago, or 17 days ago, we were celebrating the birth of Jesus, and now we're reading about what he did when he's 12. Did we miss a, miss something here? The fact is this. We know very little. Very little about what Jesus' life was like from the time he was born until this. There are some early writings that suggest that there were childhood miracles that he performed. But those were written some 500 years after Jesus lived. And they're not considered part of the scriptures. But what we do have is this. We have the stories about his birth in Luke. We do know that he was officially named Jesus about eight days after he was born. We do know that he was dedicated at the temple uh, when he was 40 days old. But then nothing. For 12 years, nothing until this trip. This trip to Jerusalem when he's 12 years old. And then after this, nothing more until he began his ministry at age 30. But here's what this story does remind us of. It reminds us of something very important. Jesus grew. Jesus grew. I think that we forget that sometimes. We forget that while Jesus is the Son of God, he was also absolutely human. A human being a human being who grew in some of the same ways that you and I grow for example this story shows us that Jesus had a growing sense of what God's place for him was what God's presence was in his life what his purpose was for his life but also for the plan that he had for Jesus's life and it was that understanding that kind of caused a little bit of tension between he and his parents. It's the same way that it happens with us. As our teenagers grow up and they begin to sense what the purpose for their life is and what the plan might be, they want to go and they want to follow that plan. They want to follow that path. And we want to hold them back and protect them from the challenges that that face them on the path of life. Uh, It's the same thing with Jesus. And like our parents, Mary and Joseph held Jesus accountable for his actions. Did y'all hear that? Did you hear Mary getting on to him? Your father and I, we're mad, we're upset that you lingered behind, that you didn't stay with us. Your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. We've been worried sick about you. So teenagers, when you come in late, And your mom and dad says, why have you been so late? Why have you come in so late? Just know that Jesus' parents said the same things. They were concerned and they worried about their child anxiously. But also notice that like our parents, even as this 12-year-old Jesus sensed his purpose and his destiny, he also willingly submitted in obedience to his parents. He willingly submitted to their guidance for his life. But how? How did Jesus grow? In what ways does uh, Jesus' growing teach us anything about our lives? Well, today we're going to see. We're going to see the ways that Jesus grew, but also the ways that we must grow in order to be like Christ. Notice first, That Jesus grew up. He grew up. Look in there in verse 40. And the child grew. The tense of that verb grew is the child grew up. And became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. You see, between his infancy and his teen years, Jesus grew up. And the Bible says that he became strong in spirit. Now what in the world does that mean? Strong in spirit. Well it means that as he grew he became keenly aware of what God was doing in his life. That he became uh, willing to yield to his father's spirit through the life that he lived. It means that as he grew more and more of the Father's love, the Father's joy, the Father's peace, the Father's patience, the Father's goodness. More and more of the Father's patience, the more and more of the Father's loving kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. More and more the Father became evident in Jesus' life. It's the same thing that should happen with us. As we grow up in Christ, people ought to be able to see more and more of the Father in us. And when we don't yield to our Father, when we don't submit to our Father, then those things are not seen. And so we need to yield to the Spirit's leadership in our life. But Jesus also grew up and not only became strong in the Spirit, but also became filled with wisdom. You see, growing up in a Jewish family a young man would be very, very aware of the Proverbs of Solomon. The first proverb in the book of Proverbs is uh, chapter 1, and it says, For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring discipline and a sensible life, for doing what is right and just and fair, for making the simple-minded wise, for giving knowledge and purpose to young people. Why? For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That states the whole purpose in the book of Proverbs. And Jesus knew that in the Father there was great wisdom. And then when he yielded to that wisdom, that he would uh, manifest that wisdom in his life as well. He became filled with what the Lord offered for a disciplined and sensible life. So grew, Jesus grew. He grew up physically. He grew up in years. But as he grew, Jesus also realized that, you know what? He needed to make some changes. As Jesus grew up, he realized that he needed to make some adjustments in his life. He realized that he needed to take on more responsibilities than his heavenly father intended for him to have. And this age that Jesus went to the temple, age 12, was an age which at that time was considered where a child was ready to start moving into adulthood. Yeah, it was time. It was time for Jesus to grow up. Can I tell you that it's time for you and I to grow up? It's time to stop acting like a child, stop living like a child, and take on some of these responsibilities, and it's time for us to grow up, and we should count it a privilege to do so. God has given us our lives, and get this, we have the blessing of receiving our lives and making it more than it originally was. What a privilege that is. That just by submitting to God, He will make it more than what it originally was when we were first born. See, as we grow, our responsibilities change. As you grow in Christ, your responsibilities to Him change. As you grow, your obligations to Christ begin to change. As you grow, your privileges begin to change. And we must learn to embrace those changes, embrace those obligations, and embrace those responsibilities. Why? Because we're disciples of Jesus. And we're supposed to be like Him. We've got to learn to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness so that we don't end up in the ditch. Amen? Amen? Because if you don't follow the Lord's lead, that's where you're going to end up. So Jesus grew up. He grew up strong in spirit, yielding to the Spirit's will in his life. But he also grew up filled with wisdom. And in 2019, we need to do the same thing. Grow up strong in the Spirit and filled with God's wisdom so that we can make a difference in the world around us. Boy, it don't take much by looking at your news feed or listening to the television news to see that our world's going the wrong way. And we as the remnant of God, the only ones left that are loving him, we better stand up and become strong in the spirit. We better grow up and become filled with wisdom or our children and grandchildren are going to have it very, very rough. It starts now. Jesus grew up. But notice this. Jesus also grew in. He grew in priorities. Look in verse 49 again. And Jesus said to them, Why did you seek me, Mom and Dad? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? What's really interesting about those words, about that verse, is that those words that I just read to you, are the first recorded words of Jesus in the whole Bible. The first thing he said is, I got to be doing daddy's work. I got to be about my father's business. But what it reveals is this Jesus was fully aware, fully aware of who he was as the Son of God. And he was also very conscious of his heavenly mission as the Savior. See, all through his life, all through Jesus' life, there were two things that he kept foremost. Number one, he understood who he was. He understood his identity. He understood his relationship to the Father. But number two, he understood his heavenly mission as the Son. Friends, we would do well to imitate Christ in both of these two things. Consider this. If you will be ever mindful of who you are in Jesus, if you will be ever mindful of your relationship with God because of the Son, and if you will remain focused on God's mission for your life in 2019, you will be incredibly successful. Ignore your identity, who you are in Christ, And refuse to follow God's plan for your life, and your life will end up in the ditch. You'll be successful if you remember who you are in Christ. You'll be successful if you remember your heavenly mission because of who you are as a son or daughter of God. But listen, the only way it's going to occur is if you grow in your priorities. Amen? Would you agree that every one of us our priorities get out of whack from time to time? Shake your head. Not like this. Shake your head. Amen. Our priorities get out of whack, don't they? Why? Because we don't remember who we are and we don't remember what we're supposed to be doing. Throughout our Lord's life there was one word that was on his lips all the time. And that word was must. Before leaving Galilee, he said, I must preach. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I've been sent. I must. After Peter confessed that Jesus was the Son of God, the Christ of God, Jesus says, the Son of Man, must suffer many things. He must be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes. He must be killed and he must be raised on the third day. And here at age 12, we find Jesus saying, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Age 12, we find Jesus somehow compelled to be doing God's will. Are you compelled to do the will of God in your life? Do you find yourself saying, I must worship my Lord? I must study God's Word. I must know more of God's purpose for my life. I must tell this great news that Jesus saves to everybody I know. I must be about my father's business. Do you say that? Probably not. Why? Because our priorities get out of whack. You know, marketing professionals have known for years that friends recommending a product is the number one best way to sell something or the most effective means of advertising. And that's why large companies offer consumers to receive free samples of their products and then encourage them to recommend their products to friends and family. There's one major U.S. corporation that regularly sends coupons and free products to over 725,000 people. And they call those people connectors hoping that they will recommend their friends and family they are the connector to their friends and their family listen here the good news of jesus christ ain't a product it's not a product it's great deal more than a product it's god's plan for bringing people into a living relationship with himself but listen here you are the connector Connecting people with God. It's more than a product. It's more than a coupon. Because the gospel is expressed, yes, by a living example. And yes, by the words of our mouth. But I asked, why in the world would somebody be possessed to, to go and be an example for Jesus for other people? Why would they go about talking about Jesus all the time? Could it be that their lives have been so radically changed that they can't keep quiet about Jesus? Could it be that they're so incredibly changed because of the Lord that they cannot shut up about their Savior? Well, it is human nature to talk about things that excite us. Amen? Man, I've heard more about Alabama football and Tua and Saban and national championship. I've heard more about that than I ever have. Why? Because they're excited. Again. (laughs) We talk about things that excite us. But yet we don't talk about the one who saved us. God's grace through Christ should be all the motivation we need to recommend Our Savior to a friend. To connect our friend with a Savior. So friend, if you want others to know what Christ will do for them, can I challenge you, tell them what he's done for you. That's all you got to do. My prayer is, is that we all become so radically changed that we get to the point where we simply must tell others What Jesus has done for us. So Jesus grew up. And Jesus grew in priorities. Can I challenge you this year to get your priorities straight? And believe me, I had to look in this mirror and preach this to the one I saw to get my priorities straight. But Jesus also grew, Luke says, uh, in some other ways, in grace in wisdom and in favor. That's a way of saying that as Jesus grew, his heavenly father uh, that sent him and the people in Nazareth around him, get this, they saw evidence. They saw evidence in him that the grace of God was alive and well. They saw evidence in Jesus that he was the light. People began to witness God's grace being manifested and being reflected through Him. And guess what? They loved it. Oh, they were pleased with what they saw. They were proud of their their homeboy. Amen? They were proud of Jesus for reflecting the, the light of God. They were excited because they were seeing the light. Can I challenge you, friend, that we can and that we should Grow in grace. We should be Bethelites. Amen? Be the light. Say be the light. Be Be the light light. is what I say. Be a Bethelite. We should be growing in a way that makes a difference not only to us, but to the people we live with, the people we know, the people we work with, the people we run into. But what ways? What ways are we going to grow if we begin to grow in grace? In what ways will we grow if we begin to grow in wisdom? In what ways will we grow if we begin to grow in favor with both God and men? Well, in Colossians, Paul tells us in chapter 3, verse 12, you don't have to turn there, but check this out. He tells us how we can be effective in our heavenly mission. He says, therefore, because you are the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies and kindness humility and meekness long suffering and bearing with one another forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another as Christ has forgiven you so you must also do but above all these things put on love love one another which is the bond of perfection And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And get this, whatever you do, say whatever you do. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. That's how you grow in grace. That's how you grow in wisdom. That's how you grow in favor. How pleased would God be with us? How pleased might people around us notice if we were consistently growing in all those ways here at Bethel Baptist Church in 2019? My, my, my. Jesus grew up, strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. He grew in, he grew in God's priorities and in grace, in wisdom, and in favor. But finally tonight, or this morning, Jesus grew toward. By that I mean that Jesus through his whole life grew toward a goal he grew toward being the kind of person the father meant for him to be he grew toward living the life that the father wanted him to live think about this y'all from his very beginning jesus's life in all of its living all of its learning all of its loving was moving him here into that empty garden tomb. Our lives should be growing, growing toward being the kind of people God wants us to be. Our lives ought to be growing toward living the kind of lives that God wants us to live. And every step you take, every step you take, Ought to be one step closer to being like Christ. I pray you can say that today. Friends, a church that is alive and well is a church that's growing. Can I tell you, be diligent to grow this year? Be diligent to grow. Where there's no growth, listen, you got a problem if you ain't growing. You got a problem if you ain't growing. Some churches have space problems. Others don't. Some churches have kids running around making all kinds of racket. I ain't getting personal, but that's us. But but others don't, and that's worse. Some churches have more expenses than they do money. Others just don't spend much. Some churches are growing so fast you don't know everybody's name. Other churches have known everybody's name for years. Some churches are enthusiastically and generously giving to missions to support missions. Others, they'd rather just keep that money in the bank. Some churches are filled with tithers. Others are filled with tippers. Some churches evangelize while others fossilize. Some churches plan for the future. Others just live in the past. Some churches seek new ministries and new methods to reach lost people. Other churches, they just don't really see the need to do that. Friend, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. If we're not growing, we're dying. And it's never too late. Never too late to grow. Never too late to begin growing. Jesus grew and we should too. Can I get an amen? So what's your resolution for the new year? Why not make it to begin growing in your faith? To begin growing in Christ Jesus. Are you the same as you were in 2017? If so, will you vow that you won't be the same At the end of 2019, because you'll be growing. How do I begin, Bill? Where's the first step? The first step is just giving your life to him. Yield your life to him. Romans 10, 9 tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a great first step. Have you taken that first step today? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I praise you and I thank you so much for not leaving us as a church full of babies. For not leaving us as a youth group full of babies for not leaving us as a leadership team full of babies. Lord, you've caused us to grow. Lord, you've caused us to grow up strong in the spirit and filled with wisdom. Lord, you've caused us to grow up in our priorities in grace and wisdom and favor. And now, Lord, I pray that We would be diligent to grow toward the goal you have for our lives. Father, in our church family, that means that we're going to grow up in the scriptures. We're going to grow up in service. We're going to grow up in surrender. And Lord, we're just going to submit our lives to you and ask you to do a supernatural work in us. And then we pray through us for your glory and your glory alone. And in the name of Jesus, in whose name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. stand. Let's sing.